This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to 19 Cats and Counting. I'm your co-host, Linda Hall. Where is our magnificent Rita? Are you with us? I'm I'm here. I have a lot better weather here than you do. Yeah, thanks. You should see. (laughs) Like, I can't find my red car because it's covered in white snow. That's how bad. I don't miss that. I grew up in Buffalo, New York. I do not miss that one little bit. I'm here in South Carolina. It's somewhat sunny today. It was raining yesterday, but now it's beautiful. So what do we have on deck today? Oh, we have Steve Dale on deck and he is involved. You know, I was trying to get a synopsis for his introduction. He has talked to everybody about everything that on all these shows he is. If it (laughs) comes to animal love, Steve is probably involved with it. So we're just going to have to let him unpack it. Oh, Steve, Steve. I met you once. I'm so looking forward to this. Welcome to our show. It's an honor to be here with you, ladies. Oh, I'm so excited. So excited. So you, you have your own radio show. You're also now on WGN in Chicago, correct? Well, I have three radio shows. Oh, you wow. You are a busy guy. Well, one just isn't enough for me. So I'm, I have two national radio shows and I'm on for 23 years now, I think. Uh, WGN radio in Chicago. Right. That's wonderful. That's not enough for us either. You know, Linda and I also started a side YouTube because we just can't not talk about cats 24 <laughs> seven. I understand. Yeah. So we get on the phone and we're like that old married couple that goes out to dinner and ends up talking about the kids, you know, and you're like, no focus. Yeah. We're just, every time we talk, like, let's just have a friendship call. So then my cat peed and, and I <laughs> just get way <laughs> off track. So. That's exactly it. Now, Steve, you work with all kinds of animals, right? Dogs and cats. I do. Yes. I'm a certified animal behavior consultant. Mm-hmm. So I do a bit of that, but actually I turf most of that because of, I, I just don't have time. Now, in part, I didn't have time because I traveled so much speaking at conferences. Now I'm traveling, uh, which is a problem, from my office to the living room, which right. means I have to pass through the kitchen. Right. So that's a problem for my waistline. I do miss <laughs> I do miss being out there and speaking to audiences in person, however. Oh, yeah. We were about to launch a series um highlighting shelters in in different areas and rescues in different areas. But of course we had to devoid, you know, like put that way on the back schedule for a bit. Yeah. We can't travel right now. Right. It's just a little too dangerous. I know that um, one of the things that you wanted to talk about and you feel very passionate about is um, the wind foundation, which is now called every cat. Is that what it's called now? Yes. Every cat foundation, every yeah. cat health foundation. So I think uh, Linda in particular is quite familiar with cats. And, and Rita, you totally know how to deal with the behavior problems that Linda now has. Sure. Because she has 119 cats or yeah. something like that. Feels I actually like that. have 20 now. What? But, you know, yeah, I, I, um, I got down to 18 because one of my cats passed away. And I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, then I, me too. Isn't that amazing, though? I mean, you really do have, most people don't have. 18 or 20 cats. <laughs> right, but right. For those who even have three or four cats or five or six, one passes away and you figure, okay, there's, and you have friends that tell you, oh, you have five others. What's the difference? Well, there I know is the difference. The, the energy's different. Yes. Even the cats act a little different. You know, the hierarchy rearranges a little bit. Um, 
So my pinky passed away. She had cancer. It was awful. Yeah. Um, we had to, I had to put her down because she was getting to that point where she was going to be suffering. So for all of your cats, what I can assure you, pretty much everything, I'll say it again, everything we know about those cats was once funded over the past 53 years by the Win Feline Foundation. Right. Why did they change wow. your name, Steve? Well, I'll get there. So I, I want to talk about the organization, though, and how important this organization is to every cat on the planet. When mm-hmm. I say something like that, you'd think that this guy, who, by the way, I'm on the board of directors. It's a nonprofit. So I've, I've been on their board for 12, 13, 14 years. They can't get rid of me, I suppose. Uh, but I, I, I love doing it because of the difference we make, even since I've been on the board, but since the beginning of the organization. For example, there was a time before your time, ladies, back in the 1960s, when cats were getting a, a heart disease called dilated cardiomyopathy. And they were getting this disease. Uh, no one knew why actually. And, and a cardiologist, veterinary cardiologist at the time said, well, let's try to create a medication to solve the problem. But one aspiring cardiologist, he was a veterinarian, but wasn't yet boarded. Dr. Paul Pion at the University of California, Davis said, you know, I don't think that we ought to go that route. I think there isn't enough of one amino acid that cats cannot create on their own called taurine. There isn't enough taurine in cat food. Well, the other organizations, whoever he went to at that time, laughed at him and said, that doesn't make any sense. Well, it turned out, of (laughs) course, he was absolutely right. The Wind Feline Foundation funded his work. And now there is enough taurine in all cat foods everywhere around the planet. We know exactly how much of this taurine, this amino acid, (sighs) the cats really do require. Fast forward the clock to 2019, the feline infectious peritonitis, or FIP. Oh, yes, FIP. Not something you dreaded FIP. Yeah, dreaded is right, because this is the worst possible thing that can happen to a cat. And it usually happens to kittens, which makes matters worse. And people often, not like you guys that have multiple cats, very multiple cats, but for people who have a single cat, and then their cat passes away or two cats, they get oftentimes a kitten after that. So they're still in remorse and mourning Mm -hmm. for a cat they've lost. And then the the poor veterinarian has to say to that poor owner, pet parent, uh, this kitten has a terminal illness that we call feline infectious peritonitis. Now, I'll go back decades again, uh, wasn't even understood what FIP or feline infectious peritonitis, what it was. No one understood it. And it took a very long time and a lot of money to even understand because it's such a complicated disease, which I can explain, but it was such a complicated disease, uh, so different than, for example, feline leukemia or FELV, the feline immunodeficiency virus that cats get, uh, the retrovirus. Very, very different in every way. Well, finally understood and very recently now, there's a treatment that can be gotten for these kittens, many are living a long time, many more are living, we don't know how long, hopefully for the rest of their lives. I I hate to use the C word cured, but it seems they may be. I mean, that's amazing. Yeah, it is. If you talk to any veterinarian who's been practicing for more than 10 years, and you say, well, we found a treatment for FIP, 
then you have to pick up that person off the ground because <laughs> they're, they're shocked. I mean, it's, it's wonderful. All of which has been funded for decades, decades with researchers around the planet by the Wind Feline Foundation. Last year, I mentioned 2019. So that was two years ago now. We brought folks together who we have funded over the decades at the University of California, Davis. We held a symposium. We put together a white paper, which can be found on the website. Uh, and now through the American Association of Feline Practitioners, we are working in tandem with them uh, to create guidelines for better treating, better diagnosing, better everything, FIP, which has been so complicated over the years. So that's something we did, or at least the best results of it are very recent. That's awesome. But I can give you, you know, do you have eight hours? Because we'd be here that long <laughs> yes. if I gave yes. you, I mean, diabetes in cats was misunderstood and treated incorrectly until the Wind Feline Foundation came along. Uh, funding study after study. And finally, Deb Greco, the amazing Dr. Deb Greco said, ah, oh, this is truly what we think. And it turns out she's right, funded by us. I love it. Stem cells are being used now, believe it or not, in cats for stomatitis, which is something they get in their mouths. It's an immune mediated disease that is exceedingly painful. And we're not sure exactly how this is going to go. I'm telling you something that's very new, but it seems to be working for these cats. So because we do help every cat every day, and because people didn't quite know when to answer your question, only took me 20 minutes, but I got around to it. <laughs> Named for Robert Wynn, this is a person who back in 1968 said something like, I wasn't at the meeting, I don't know, but something like this, we ought to fund cat health studies. Why aren't we doing that? Something like that. So <laughs> yeah. With, yeah. With, with 50 bucks in his pocket began the what was ultimately to be called the Wynn Feline Foundation, named after him. He passed away. I don't know what year that was, but he's long passed away at this point. And well, it's wonderful to honor this man. What we want to do is raise money and have people understand who we are and what we do. So we rebranded. We're calling ourselves the Every Cat Health Foundation because indeed Love we are for every cat. We are for pedigree cats. So much of what we understand uh, regarding pedigree cats from Abyssinian to Maine Coon to uh, Siberian cats, so much of what we understand funded by what is now the Every Cat Health Foundation. For cats that are outdoors, feral cats are better put community cats. A lot of what we now understand for these cats, funded by the same organization. And of course, for your cat at home. In your case, for your 187 cats or however, <laughs> however many you have now. No, no, 20's my limit. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> she says that and she'll lose a cat and she'll say, I, but I'm not filling that space. And then somebody sends her a picture of some one-eyed three-legged cat and she's and there you go. to get yeah, it. That's, yeah. that's her well, cat. Yeah. In the latest case, I had the shelter called me and told me these older cats, 15 years old, brother, sister, were not thriving in the shelter. You know, and they're like, yeah, we heard you have two openings. But anyway, back to the uh, Every Cat <laughs> Foundation. Yes. Steve, um, I know Linda and I started noticing running just for cats pet sitting. So many cats have now diabetes, asthma, thyroid issues, way more than when I was a kid in the 70s. That was unheard of. What is happening? Is it that cats? there's more or that we know what it is now and we're not just there? Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I agree and disagree. And I think Linda touched on it. So the good news is guys like you, millennials, 
and and don't argue with the guest. Millennials <laughs> like you are going to the veterinarians with their cats in record number. Veterinarians are not very good at diagnosing animals they cannot see. So because cats didn't go into the veterinarian doesn't mean the cats didn't get these diseases. This is true. Veterinarians also were keeping our cats indoors more. So we are more aware of what's happening. It's interesting during the pandemic, veterinarians told me they were seeing, they were seeing dog owners, for example, who said who would bring in their dog and the problem, the dog was pooping too much. Well, they'd say, how many times are you walking your dog? Well, five times a day. How many times is the dog going? Three or four times a day. Well, you know, it's a matter of opportunity. And same thing with cats. People were noticing things with their cats that they never noticed before. And that's wonderful. That's, that's wonderful. And, and, you know, with cats, you do have to be observant. You do. Cats are so good at masking illness. Having said that, diabetes, so I could take them one at a time, diabetes we are seeing more of uh, because uh, that is associated greatly with overweight and obese cats. In cats, unlike dogs, diabetes is associated with weight, uh, different type of diabetes, right? So we have a nation filled with overweight and obese dogs and cats. Uh, about 50 to 60% of cats are overweight or obese. Now with kidney disease, obese, yeah. that's a disease of the aged. And, and the good news, there's good news there somehow, somewhere. Our cats are living longer than ever before, and therefore we're seeing it more, I would suspect. But actually, the Every Cat Health Foundation, this is amazing. This is amazing. Can I tell you guys? <laughs> we're ready. We're ready. This is, you won't tell anyone. We won't tell. Oh, no, your secret's safe with us. Our listeners will keep the secret. Oh, right. They all will. Yes, Mar Pinky Swear. Mars, all those brands, all the Mars brands. Yeah. And then all the Purina brands, uh -huh. two wonderful companies have said, we have a hunch about kidney disease because so many cats, so many cats. Oh, I've had a few. the age of 10 mm -hmm. are going to have some sort of kidney disease. True. Uh, the extent of that varies from cat to cat, but it becomes significant as they age. Mm -hmm. I wonder if it has to do with diet. And, and in fact, the pet food companies know more than that. And they are getting together, but they were looking for Switzerland in a way to do this because Purina talking to Mars. So they're collaborating, which is wonderful. wonderful. Yes, for to sure. Benefit, to benefit cats. They're doing this through an organization, us, the Every Cat Health Foundation. Also because we have resources, believe it or not, they don't. Because we could put out call out for studies because that's what we do. Right. And very specifically to look at exactly what we're looking at to help hopefully, potentially one day solve this problem. Imagine if that were to happen. So now you know, if you didn't previously, and I, I suspect you may have, understand why I'm so honored uh, to be on this board. I mean, of course. How do I get involved? I'm ready. <laughs> well, uh, well, I could take you up on that. So okay. You do a, YouTube broadcast, right? And you do this. Yes. yes. So what we could do, you ask me, I will put you on the spot. So awesome. once every month or so, I am happy to either provide a veterinarian or myself or someone on our board to speak with you about a topic, a specific topic in feline medicine, if you'd like. Right. That we are. Uh, with, we have yes. That is something we've been wanting to do. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I saw Linda's we've face. Go, about, yes, yeah, I just see my eyes go big. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Sorry to put you guys I, on the spot, but you asked no, me. No, no. Okay, you know, so our mission is to do two things, is to support funding for cat health studies. And again, all cats, every cat, including, by the way, you mentioned shelter cats. So much of what we know about shelter cats, that that volunteer that goes into a shelter that does wonderful things, for takes for granted. And even the spacing, how many cat per square foot? I mean, so many things funded by the organization that we're talking about, the Every Cat Health Foundation, right? So yeah, I would love the opportunity. I mean, because that's one thing we do is fund the studies, but the other thing that is in our mission is to educate what we have funded. Yes. What good is it if we fund a study for X amount of dollars a couple of times? Now we understand this kind of cancer can be better treated this way if nobody knows about exactly. it. Exactly. Yes. I agree. I hate to do this, but I have to take a oh, short yeah. pause. Oh, we'll you're be... only saying pause because you're talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I have to ask Mark if I can go without a commercial here. Um, We'll be right back to continue this exciting conversation with Steve Dale. Don't go away. Pets are part of the family. Make sure you can always afford the quality health care they need with Easy Pet Check, a nationwide pet insurance alternative. With Easy Pet Check, you'll save up to 75% on all your pet's health care at any licensed veterinarian in the U.S., Easy Pet Check accepts all dogs and cats, regardless of pre-existing conditions. Visit EasyPetCheck.com. That's the letters EasyPetCheck.com. Taking care of your pet can be easy with Easy Pet Check. Take a bite out of your competition. Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. There's no other pet-related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio. With over 7 million monthly listeners, Pet Life Radio podcasts are available on all major podcast platforms. And our live radio stream goes out to over 250 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, Radio.com, TuneIn, Stitcher, and other streaming apps. For more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLifeRadio.com slash advertise today. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. And we're back with 19 Cats Accounting, Linda Hall, and the awesome Steve Dale, who is telling us all about the awesome work that Everyday Cat Foundation is doing in uh, helping feline health and helping to understand better some of these diseases that plague our feline friends. And that saves lives. I mean, I we took in a cat, a stray cat back before I knew anything about cats. This was about 30 years ago, we took in Boo Boo and he, we finally let him in the house, caved in. He's such a sweetheart. Well, he must've noticed some females outside cause he kind of whipped it out and, and his little claw and cut a hole in the screen and tore out and we found kind of beat up. So we took him to the vet said, okay, we're going to have to get this cat fixed while well, they called me and said that he was FIV positive. Now this was 30 years ago. They basically said it was a death sentence and they convinced me to allow them to euthanize my cat. And I mean, I still grieve this cat 30 years later. So a few years ago, someone in North Carolina was uh, TNRing a bunch of ferals and found this 
Cat, who is behind me at the moment. Terry Schultz uh, with the fur organization. Yes. And so she picks this cat up and the cat's purring and loving all over. And she's like, oh, you are not feral. But he was FIV positive. So she couldn't get him adopted. So he took a flight to Ohio and lives with me now. And and we have to watch his immunity. And I have to, as a matter of fact, we just discovered yesterday that he's having issues again. His um, basophils were off the chart and he had some inflammation. We don't know why, but, and he was dehydrated. So I had to give him sub Q and, but this cat is amazing. And if this had been 30 years ago, would they have just euthanized my kids? My, no. you know? I, I'm guessing that FIP or FIV positive? FIV. V. Yeah. So I was talking about FIP. So yes, FIV, yes. so we've learned a lot about FIV as well, the feline immunodeficiency virus, as well, incidentally, through funding from the Every Cat Health Foundation, Ex- yes. as well as feline <laughs> leukemia, by the way. So neither one is now feline leukemia, F-E-L-V, or don't you love all these initials? Yes. Or F-I-V, the feline So neither neither one of these is fatal and should be considered as such. And cats, I would, there's no data to prove what I'm about to say, but cats with FIV, I think often, not always, but often live longer lives. So that cat over there with FIV will live a longer life than that cat over there without Mm -hmm. it. Now, how can that be? Do you think that's because people take them to the vet more? Exactly. That's exactly right. Which actually demonstrates the importance of twice a year veterinary visits, not only for senior cats and dogs, but for all ages, really. And I admit I'm a little remiss in that. I have one cat. Her name is Brownie. She's still semi-feral. I took in the four siblings and three of them tamed down. She did not. They're 11 now, 11 years old. And I had a home vet that used to come pretty regularly and he would say, she has to be okay because no way to look at her. So that makes me sad that she, she can't get veterinary care. Well, she can. So there's an initiative. Oh, this is so exciting. Thank <laughs> you for opening <laughs> the door for me. I gave you a good oh, segue. That's good. I yeah. have one of these cats too. So I'm very excited. Go, go, go. <laughs> yeah, I'm gone. I've been gone <laughs> for years, actually. So there's, <clears> an, initiative, the there's an initiative called Fear Free in, in veterinary. Oh, yes. Yeah, so I know about Fear Free. Okay. Absolutely. So it began because uh, Dr. Marty Becker, Love Marty. Uh, no one else could have done this. And Dr. Becker and I are old friends. I've known e- we've known each other, as he likes to say, and I hate when he says it. We've known each other for decades, <laughs> uh, but that is true. And and Dr. Becker came up to me at some point in time, five years ago, whenever it was, and said, "I'm thinking about this new initiative. We are no." He didn't say we're there. He said we're going to do it, which is Dr. Becker, and it's an initiative called Fear Free. Do you want to be a part of it? And he explained what it was. And the essence is that we ought to pay attention to the emotional health and well-being. So veterinarians are taught in veterinary school to pay attention, obviously, to the physical health and well-being of our companion animals. This is about their emotional health and well-being. And that really wasn't looked at before. And with cats, arguably, in some ways, more of an issue than dogs, uh, because I would argue most cats, when they go to the veterinarian, actually believe even before they go to the veterinarian, when the carrier comes out and you're chasing that cat all around the house. I solved that problem. I don't have that problem. (laughs) Good. Well, as a behavior person, you know about that, of course, but you know, for the general public and people are out of breath. Yeah. They feel terrible. They feel guilty. The cat is screaming. Yeah. I've been there. Scratched up, right? They're stuffing the cat screaming. They're screaming. The cat is screaming into the (laughs) carrier. 
the cat's screaming all the way to the office, right? Yes. Now that adrenaline is even more revved up. Sure. They get into the clinic. Good that they're there, I suppose, but the exam is going to be skewed a bit, the blood work, because sure. this cat is so revved up. What if that doesn't have to be that way? And in fact, it doesn't have to be that way. And that's how Fear Free began. And I'll tell you, I've been around veterinary medicine for a very long time. Nothing else has taken off quite like this that I've seen. And in fact, it's taken off so much that the dog trainers then began to put their hand up in the air and say, we want to be fear free. We want in. Yeah. Yeah. And then the dog groomer said, uh-huh, let in. me in. And then the animal shelter said, we want we in. in. And then the vet schools all said, we want, we in. want in. And that's what's and happened. You've got some customers uh, now saying we want oh, in, totally. too, which is awesome. Yeah. I spoke yes. to, uh, I was the keynote speaker at maybe Pet Sitters International a couple ah, of years ago. Uh-huh. And, and that's what my talk was about. It was about yep. fear free. So we can make a difference for these cats and they don't have to feel they really do feel like they're going to die. I believe that. I don't know of that. Of course they but do. But I truly, literally. They do. Liter- mm-hmm. Literally. Like someone had a gun at your back and they're pulling the trigger. And you know, I mean, that's to the extent that they, they are absolutely terrified. And people oh, will say. Yeah, they're prey. And, and yes. predator and prey. So they yes. become prey in that moment. Absolutely. They're out of their comfortable environment. They don't know what's happening and they're not in control. And cats like. They love repetition and yes, to be in control of their situation and know what's what. And yeah, it's yeah. I have a 20 minute drive to my vet and that in the backseat just kills me. It's like having a baby crying in the backseat, you know, and I'm like, it's okay. I'm sorry. I would suggest you visit a fear free certified veterinarian. And to be certified, it's not that they fill out some paperwork and pay 20 bucks or anything. They really have to jump through hoops, so to speak. Uh, to be certified. They have to have a certain understanding of certain things, the way they use gentle handling and control for the cats that are there, but also things that are behind the scenes that you wouldn't otherwise notice using pheromones and and other sorts of things in the right. And understanding, incidentally, I am a fan, a huge fan. For those cats, Linda, that you're talking about, give them an appropriate pharmaceutical before they come in so they do not feel that way. So there's a choice. They don't feel drugged out. Then you've got the wrong. Right, 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 right. But there's a choice feeling a bit more relaxed or feeling like you're going to die. Which would you rather feel like? We are a big proponent of those, especially the all natural, holistic, calming essences. And that can work for sure. But for cats that are at the point. Now, there's also behavior modification you can do Mm -hmm. too that would help. But for the cats that are at the point where in the carrier, they've had 10 years of the carrier coming out. And now it's Monday and you realize uh, it's Monday at 9 a.m. And you realize at 2 p.m. I've got to go to the vet. Well, there isn't the time to do the behavior modification. And they are so freaked out, for lack of a better way of saying it, a product like the ones you mentioned, as good as they can be, aren't going to help here. We need something stronger. For sure. Uh, But but having said that, if uh, clients are willing to work there. I've worked with clients. I've worked with people uh, who have said, you know, my cat will never get accustomed to the carrier. Uh, no, they can. They can. Yes, they can. Mine, mine see the carrier as a safe place because I leave a couple of them out. You know, they play in them. They sleep in them. You exactly. know, kind of like kind of like a dog. My, my parents are their dog people. I love their dogs. They have six dogs and they have a crate that they leave open all the time. And, you know, one of the dogs wants time out. He'll just go and put himself in there. Sure. 
you know, and so the cats do that with the carriers. So mm-hmm. when it's time to go to the vet, they're not scared to get in it. Yeah, no, that's great. That's that's exactly the start of it. You know, and you encourage the cats to go in the carrier by it becoming periodically an automatic food dispenser by dropping treats. in. now it gets a little more complicated when you have 87 cats and only three carriers or whatever, <laughs> you know, like you guys yeah. have. You know, really, I mean, when you have all, I mean, which cat's actually liking the carry? Which one isn't? How do you keep track? You need to hire an Truth. accountant to figure all that out. Yes. But, yes. But, but it works. And most people don't have that many cats, you know, yeah, true. And, and you encourage them to go into the carrier. The carrier becomes a place where you ultimately actually feed the cat. Mm-hmm. Uh, potentially, or at least deliver treats and offer vocal praise as well, which for whatever reason we tend to do with dogs, that's great, but not so much with cats. And we should be doing that with cats as well. Then you take the carrier with the cat inside and take them on a tour of the house and then just let them outside the carrier. Then ultimately, when they don't care about that anymore and they're like, what are you doing? Whatever, that's fine. When they're happy with that, then you actually take them outside into the car and then come back right home without driving anywhere or going anywhere. And you give them food. So they associate being in the carrier with getting a meal right afterwards. Then you drive around the block. If that far, you come back and then they get a meal. You get the idea and you take it very, very slowly. And it really does work. The problem is it takes some time to do that. So that's why having some either drugs on board or other products like pheromone products, mm-hmm. such as mm-hmm. uh, feel away would be. Uh, yeah. That's helpful. Yeah. Those are plugged in all the time around Speaking here. Speaking <laughs> of feel away, I heard some sad news. I hope it's not true that they're going to not be making the multi-cat feel away anymore. I will be so sad. Sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm not so sure about multi-cat, but I'm not surprised. And uh, feel away, feel a scratch which is a product that is doing very well and for good reason in Europe. I've heard of that. They're, they're not, they're not going to make that. That's going to be gone in America also. Yeah. So scratch is great. Buy it up everyone. Uh, because what it does is it encourages cats to scratch where you want them to scratch. You literally put the feel scratch right on the scratching post. It provides a visual marker because there's a blue dye. It provides some catnip in it to say, Oh, this is a place I should go. Enticing is that's exactly what it's supposed to be. (laughs) But mostly what it is, it's a copy of a pheromone, the ones found interdigitally between the paw pads of the cat. So when (sighs) they go scratch, 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 what they're doing is they're, of course, depositing a pheromone saying, this is mine. And they're also communicating other messages, which we don't understand because I don't read the feline news, but cats would understand it. Still, it's important that they do this. And you know, even declawed cats scratch or at least go through the motions. Of yeah, it they flex their they, feet. They can't, they can't help but to do that. They're hardwired to do it. Anyway, this product is so great. And I, Siva knows this, the company, and they're a wonderful company. They're a I know. great company. Having said that, they know that I'm ticked off and others are too because of the timing of all this. Finally, people are increasingly understanding that declaw is not the right thing to do. No, it's definitely not. It's actually being legislated against in many places around the country. If it were not for the pandemic, there would have been other cities and states. New York State in 2019 banned declaw statewide. I know, it's awesome. I love that. It needs to be countrywide. I, well, right, but it would have, that's not going to happen. It can't. So it can be legislated state by state by state, though. And it's just the nature of what it wouldn't, happen 
nationwide. Having said that, in other countries, it is banned. Yeah. And, and all of that because it's an amputation. It and, is. And, and no matter how you define it, you are still, uh, you guys want to give me the finger? No, let me rephrase it. <laughs> Wait, if I'm you, just if kidding. Point, if, if you point your finger, and you both know this, if you yes. point your finger, finger and bend it at the last knuckle, that's what's being cut off. Yeah, yep. that's right. And it doesn't matter what technique they do. They're still doing the same thing just differently and there's horror stories of of it being done wrong and the oh, bone course. growing back yeah and, yeah, oh, yeah yeah all those things yeah. do happen but what we now know finally from a variety of different studies is the impact that it typically does have on these cats where they have pain often throughout a lifetime what we don't know but what we presume is looking at human beings that have had a limb partially or fully amputated they have phantom pain Yes. We were wondering about that, Linda, remember? Yeah, I said that my son-in-law, it'll be two years ago in July, he was diabetic and he got an ulcer on his foot. As it goes with diabetics, he ended up having to have all of his toes removed down to the ball of his foot. And he would grimace and I would say, what's going on, Sebastian? My toes, it's burning. It feels like razor blades are scraping my toes. I know the toes aren't there, but I can feel this, you know, and he just razor blades scraping yeah. it. So then I said to Rita, like, she's got a three-legged cat and those kind of things are necessary. If your cat has cancer and has to lose a, a leg of or course. something. But I said, I wonder if Smoochie has, and you know, we noticed her behavior. I'm changes sure when she it's does. Damp. Yeah. And yeah, we noticed her behavior changes when it's damp. And I said, I'll bet she's got those awful phantom pains. And yes. so then, yeah, I started yes. to wonder what if you amputate, half of my digits off are these cats going to be in pain for the rest of their lives having phantom pain just because you're don't want your furniture destroyed which can be handled another way yeah 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 i agree with you and we can't ask the cats but we kind of can as we now better understand cats telling us they're in pain i wish we had another hour i i I could just keep going and going i think we could go for four or five hours personally i I, I do too (laughs) Unfortunately, we have to wrap it up in a few minutes because we're already over 30 minutes. And I know that our awesome producer has to produce another show right after us. But any last thoughts, Steve? And when can you come back? I can come back whenever you like. Everycat.org for further information. And maybe we seriously will arrange some sort of uh, deal with with you guys and and, and participate once once a month or whenever it is. Yes, we would love that. We always want to do more for cats and Rita almost took in number 21. It was just a really bad situation. And I said, Rita, you said your max is 20. You said you can't take on another, but the cat will die. Yes, I know. But you can't save all the cats. Well, luckily we found a solution, but you know, yeah. Long story short, this woman was going to euthanize a perfectly healthy cat for no reason at all. But we found him in another home. I wasn't going to let him die, but really I am at my max. What Every else can we cat do? is also saving lives. And that's what I'm saying. This is a yes. way to get involved and save lives without having On a grand cats scale. and being, yes. And being known throughout South Carolina <laughs> as that lady. <laughs> well, that's the problem is when I lived in LA, you know, I was involved in volunteering for rescue and the adoption events and all that. And with pet sitting, you know, they would call me, you know, the, the shelters and, and especially the shelters that have this cat. A kitten that's three weeks old is up here. As a have to euthanize a sucker. Well, you know, they have sucker written across my head. That's how I ended up with so many cats and driving cross country when I moved from LA back to the Carolinas with 17 cats. 
Wow. That's a whole nother. That's that should be a show right there. That could be but, a book. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, we've, we're, we've been talking yes, about that. Yeah. But um, the point being that I had to set a limit somewhere and 20 is it because when I got here, my mom runs the Humane Society of Lancaster, South Carolina. So, again, I got to know the people that ran and the director of the Lancaster shelter. So that's why I got these two senior cats because they didn't know who else to call, who else would be yeah. able to handle them, you know, yeah. and they fit in yeah. here. My cats are great. You know, they're they just like, oh, another cat. Eh. You know, they're, they're so, so used, used to it. There's no and integration going. issues. Yeah. yeah, they don't care. Well, guys, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Back at you. I'm looking forward to uh, having you on again and to this once a month venture with every yes. cat. Thank you, Linda, for being such an awesome co-host. My honor always. Mark Winter for having the patience with us. And he always does, like a does such a wonderful job on our show and for giving us the opportunity to be hosted on Pet Life Radio. Yes. Until next time, what do we always say? Every day is Catter Day. Bye, everybody. Let's Talk Pets. Every week on demand. Only on PetLifeRadio.com.